If you're just joining us, this is Backstory, and we've reached the point in our show where we turn to listeners who have posted a website comment or question about today's topic, humanitarian interventions. Julie's on the line calling from New York City. Julie, what do you got for us? Intervene. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, so I was actually an Army brat in the Mm -hmm. 80s. My dad was in the military, and we lived in what was then just West Germany. And, you know, as I've listened to your show and I've thought about that whole experience, I've kind of wondered, you know, when did we start having people sort of permanently stationed overseas on these sort of long open admissions where we're not at war, but, you know, we're not Uh not prepared? And I just kind of wondered what the perspective would be. Yeah. Julie's asking about the presence of Americans overseas, uh, Americans uh, connected with the military It's not exactly humanitarian intervention, but it does represent a presence uh, overseas. Uh, What do you say, guys? Well, I I wonder, would the Philippines be the first version of this, you think, Brian? Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking uh, Philippines. We're talking about the very beginning of the 20th century now, in the wake of the Spanish-American War, Mm -hmm. uh, where troops, American troops, and American administrators remained on the ground uh, for quite some time. And we fought a very bloody, uh, brutal war, some would say, against Philippine insurgents. But we were doing so because we were committed to so-called humanitarian objectives. Uh, Those objectives, however, seemed to look like teaching Philippines to behave more like Americans. We went so far as to try to reform their entire legal code. But you know what, Ed? I think a more interesting answer is um, the South, right after the Civil War. It's a long intervention by those Union troops. Yeah, on a scale of geography larger than anything that we've done until the 20th century, the American South is the size of continental Europe, and they tried to occupy it without the benefits of radio or uh, other kinds of communication in a kind of a harrowing experiment, actually. And what we're talking about is the, the Freedmen's Bureau, which grows up immediately in the ending of the Civil War, even as the war is ending. And the idea is that uh, not only are there refugees who are starving, but there are also these freedmen who need some kind of assistance in moving from slavery to freedom with nothing but the shirts on their back. It is a militarily sponsored Mm -hmm. intervention that deals with everything from crime and punishment. They have special courts to land distribution to fostering religion. They actually helped establish churches to fostering schools and many other aspects of what uh, we would think of today as humanitarian aid would doing. So in many ways, it's the most ambitious enterprise of that sort that we take on for nearly, what do you say, Brian, 80 years? Yeah. Until after um, World War II? What's amazing is, A, they tried it, and B, that it failed and we forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> In the 20th century, when we talk about occupying Iraq, reconstructing it, People never say, let's look at the American South after the Civil War. They say, let's look at Japan, or let's look at Germany that we rebuilt after World War II. So the the parallels are interesting, but the things that are kind of perpendicular to history are also interesting. Yeah, and I think the uh, ambivalence about a a projecting military power does complicate the very definition of humanitarian interventions— because uh, the presence of uh, the American military in West Germany during uh, Julie's childhood, uh, was that to protect the free world, and that is the civilians 
who enjoyed the security umbrella, the benefits of that? Or uh, is it uh, simply the projection of power and, and American interests of state? So, Julie, do these uh, episodes of the past resonate with your own experience? Uh, they, they do a bit. You know, you talk about going from humanitarian aid to military aid. You know, after World War II, we, were, we did have to stick around just to keep things in order. And then we just stuck around for 40, 50 years. Um, you know, by which point it had really evolved from, you know, humanitarian aid to, yeah, we're here to, you know, keep the communists at bay. I'm remembering now um, when we first moved there, there was a, I think we were trying to station some medium-range missiles. I don't know if they were nuclear mm-hmm. missiles or defense missiles, but they were, <clears throat> there was a great deal of controversy you know, yeah. on the German side. So, you're, yeah. you know, on the one hand, it's like, yes, we want you here protecting us with, Thanks, machine guns, but... But could you put the missiles somewhere else? (laughs) Exactly. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Thanks, Julie. That was great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.